Pratt may be a small town in south-central Kansas, but it's home in a rich town filled with amazing people. Join fourth generation and lifelong Pratt resident Cody Eastis as he provides our community with a podcast that is solely dedicated to our news, our events, and our residents. This is a town called Pratt. All right, welcome to another episode of A Town Called Pratt. Uh, this this episode, we are joined by Scott Goodhart and Eric Timish, and we're going to talk a little bit about officiating and kind of where things stand and uh, refereeing, and you hear a lot about it these days, and these guys are a couple locals that do it, so we're going to introduce them and kind of get into why we're doing this podcast. So, Scott, why don't we start with you, get a little background on on just your, uh, your history with officiating and refereeing and... Oh, so I think I started, it seems like 16 years ago, but I've probably been officiating even when I played just from that style of, you know, having a father who officiated. So I've been around officiating a long time, but I've been officiating basketball for 16 years. Then as I got more comfortable, I did took on some more sports. I've done volleyball and done softball. I even helped with some football. I'm not registered in football, but help out these guys because there's a, a shortage of it. But it was just one of those things that, you know, I, I went as far as I could playing the sport and I wanted to continue to be involved in the sport. And I just have done officiating, you know, it was a great, a great gig in college, making money doing that. And luckily I've been fortunate enough that every job I've had's allowed the flexibility of me to officiate still. So, you know, there's a huge need. I want to do it as long as I can, because, you know, my goal is when my kids are playing, I'm not going to be officiating anymore. I'm going to go watch them. So again, it's one of those things that I've done it and I've, I've, I can't get, I'm almost addicted to it. It's almost people, and, and people are just like, why are you addicted to it? Or what, what's what's so great about officiating? I said, it's trying to call a perfect game. You know, there's no such thing as a perfect game, but we get so, you get so involved in it. You want to do the best for the kids. And, you know, when you hear a coach, a fan or someone, and you ask them, say, well, who worked last night? I said, well, I don't know. I didn't recognize the officials. Like, that's what you want. That's what you want. But and the more you do this, they know who you are because you've been around for so long. And they go, oh, well, Timish was working or Goodhart was working. So, I mean, just one of those things, I guess. Timish, how about you? Uh, yeah, just like Scott, I played some sports in high school and wanted to continue it on. Um, I got hooked up with a group here in Pratt that actually needed a fill-in. They had a, a gentleman getting older towards the end of his career looking to get out. And uh, I kind of fell right into that spot for, as – Started as a sub, but then fell into officiating football. I've been doing football for, I think, nine years registered and probably 11 off the books just helping out when I can or when I could. Um, but like Scott said, it's it's something about being in the game and, and helping out, and, and there's a bond that just keeps bringing you back. You want to you wanna kind of still be a part of that. So it it's – it's a cool thing to do, and we are running short, so anything we can do to get more people involved, you know, we're trying. Yeah, and that was one of the reasons why you were wanting to do this podcast. You know, you contacted me a month or so ago and said, hey, you know, I see you're doing podcasts. I think it would be fun and informal, uh, you know, to educate people on kind of the need for officials and where, where the kind of state of the industry stands right now because a lot of people may not be aware that that there is quite a bit of shortage, and, and it's not just from COVID. This was happening you know, before COVID came along in the pandemic, that this was kind of something Keisha and, and really around the nation people were afraid of. I think COVID may have just highlighted it or 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 kickstarted it a little bit. But yeah, talk about a little bit just kind of why you wanted to sit down and have this conversation. 
So, yeah, this isn't a local issue. I mean, yeah, there's a shortage of officials here, but this is a nationwide issue. I'm talking Kansas City, California, I mean, Bison, Kansas, wherever, small town to big town. There's a shortage of officials. So each year um, there's a, a week dedicated towards kind of in a day, actually, to wear your official, like wear your shirt, your officiating shirt to work to kind of raise the awareness. So that way, you know, if I see somebody at work and they say, hey, why are you wearing your referee shirt? Well, I officiate. Oh, I didn't know that. So then it sparks a conversation, you know. Definitely. I really think that officials are the best people to recruit officials, you know, because there's something just about, like Eric mentioned, that that bondness. There's a fraternity, you know, a closeness to the the group niche with it. So again, you know, I, I've got friends in Kansas city and they're running the same issues. You go, there's no way they can be running short of officials in Kansas city, but they are. I mean, it's just a constant battle. And I don't know too, like you said, with the COVID, I noticed down here on one of the points that the average age of was 50 and I didn't, I didn't realize that it was that high and I could see that maybe affecting a little bit more of people getting out, but it's just, I don't know. I don't know the main cause of, of everything, but we are running short. Well, and that's what I saw earlier just here in September, about a month ago, there was a game, a soccer game. Ottawa versus Bonner, Bonner Springs was canceled just from lack of officials. I've seen a couple games. They've moved kickoff up to 3 o'clock just so the same crew can almost pull a doubleheader and do a 7 o'clock game you know, later that evening. That's just how, how short it is. Um, kind of a rundown on some of the stats coming into this year. Um, just to kind of let people know, we got them in front of us. Uh, looked like from that 1920 to 2021 season, there was a 14% reduction in officials registering, uh, that which totaled to 520 fewer registered officials. And a lot of that might be that COVID. You know, like you said, Eric, you you're kind of forced out due to COVID, and then it's that, boy, I don't right. know how much I want to get back in. Right. You know, I've I've taken you know whether it's health reasons or just change of lifestyle. That's now, man, I kind of enjoy. Yeah. going and watching my kids play and Definitely. instead of instead of that so yeah I, I'm not sure what it is um you know what I mean what are some of the reasons you know you guys mentioned why you got into it or why you're still into it but you know if you're talking to a you know a high school kid or a you know a sophomore junior you know trying to if their interest is perked a little bit you know how, how are you trying to get them past that hey I'm interested to now they're on the field with you well, I do think that the football group here in Pratt does a really good job of taking those kids and saying, hey, we're going to work a middle school game. And, you know, I think the biggest thing is putting those kids in good situations of having some veteran guys and some mentors on the game that really helps and says, you know, I went and took this kid under my wing, and I think he's someone we can build on. I tell kids to do it too, and they say, well, I really didn't, maybe they didn't like refereeing, but they want to coach. I said, well, that's a great way to learn the rules, to understand what, you know, if you're coaching, what that kid's looking at or what that official's looking at, so you know those rules. Um, but I think that's a lot of things. We get kids started, or, or individuals started, and just put them in a bad spot, and they don't like it. And, I mean, there's got to be some mentorship and leadership with them. You can't just throw them into the wolves and say, okay, go right. referee. So, But, I mean, you know, the recreation department's a great way to start to get your feet feet wet, but I really encourage people. I mean, you just got to see plays. You got to see plays. One of the first things I did that I think that was beneficial for me was – I attended a basketball camp in the summertime. So I learned a lot of stuff in that weekend. And those go on. These have been going on since, oh, my gosh, I think 20 Forever. years or so. Yeah. And all sports have something similar to that for some um, summer training. But then they go and they do that and they learn those things that they're supposed to do properly. So then when they go to the school year, they're doing, you know, things they learn from camp and doing it the proper way. So 
obviously it's a little bit different lifestyle and the mentality of a, a MAYB tournament in the summertime versus, right. you know, a middle school and, and just that setting of, of fans watching and parents and, you know, the, the typical school year basketball. So. I was going to ask that. Are there any type of mentorship programs that are available through Keisha or yeah. around or, you know, yeah. bi- or bi- Big Buddy or Big Brother programs where you team up with a, an official on an established crew? Or I'll tell you what helped me get get better at it was the soap bowl. Um, just scrimmages every, and things like that. Everybody that that worked football would would go down to that, and it was it was laid back. You know, it was easy going. Coaches are just wanting to get through their plays. But you, like Scott said, you get to see the reps. You get to see it in motion, and 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 then you have somebody that's done it before standing beside you, saying, "Okay, this is what you're supposed to look at. This is what you're supposed to be doing." And and it it helped me deal with you know the the game because it it's fast and then I'm, we're just talking about high school not college or nfl but it's fast and things happen and and that old cliche if i didn't see it is a lot of times because they actually didn't see it you know and uh that just really helped me and, and it, it was a lot of the veteran officials would come down you know we'd wear shorts not not dressed up and just say okay this is what we need to look at and that it was a great a great thing to help. How long did it take you to get comfortable to be able to tell a coach, <laughs> I didn't see it? You know, I mean, it's one thing to get used to a crowd and, you know, but do you get comfortable enough to have the confidence to say, hey, I, I didn't see it? You know, we had Holting in here earlier and <laughs> talked about that a little bit, but, um, or early on, do you just make something up so they know you didn't see no, it? No, <laughs> you, don't, you don't ever make anything up. Um, it, it It is, it's hard to say to a coach, coach, I missed it, but what I've found over the years is owning up to a mistake is the biggest thing. You know, we're all human. It, and, and the thing is, is like, Coach, this, I, I truly missed it. I'm, I'm going to look for it next time. I'm going to do a better job next time. Like, like Scott said earlier, calling the perfect game is impossible, but we want to do it because we don't want to mess anything up for them. And, and that way the, the game is truly theirs, you know. And so I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I do think, you know, like Eric was talking about, there is that time of you, when you when you learn to do things, like it's giving your first technical foul, you know, of the things you're supposed to do or throwing your first flag or doing whatever. I mean, you, you get more comfortable with it the more you do it. I remember the first – I was working a, a varsity game at Lions. Probably had no business being there, but they needed officials, so I went and worked it. Um, first call of the game, it's, it's, a, it's a block, but my hand is closed, which means a foul on the baseline, you know, and just like – Someone's like, open your hand, open your hand, going, oh, I can't, I, I've got a foul. Because, again, I probably wasn't ready to see that, but, I, I, you know, it's one of those, you see it, you have to judgment, you call it, you go. So I go to the coach, and he's, you know, he's mad. He goes, what, what, what do you have there? I said, well, coach, it's like this. Do you play golf? <laughs> he goes, yeah. I go, well, that's my mulligan. And so it, it, it diffused the situation down because he was so mad about it. But when I was able to go and, and just, you know, kind of – ease him into it he just kind of laughed and we moved on from it so I do think there comes that comfortability with people that you know when you know how to talk to a coach you know you have this coach over here that oh he's known to be a jerk so you got to do this or that or this coach he's he's good just tell him what you saw but or if he's barking at you you better listen to him because he's probably got a point so the more you do this the more you understand kind of who those coaches are maybe you talk about as a crew or you hey this coach last week he was out of hand so you got to get under control from you know, a commissioner standpoint or a yeah. state standpoint or something like that. So how but. easy is it to transition from sport to sport? You know, the atmosphere is generally all the same, whether you're doing a soccer game or basketball or football or, um, 
But do you have to be read? You know, you said you weren't registered for football for varsity football. What what's the different processes for being eligible or registered to do the different sports? Or are they short enough now that they're calling up anybody and saying, "Hey, I know you're not registered for football, but we need you. You've done a couple JV games." And so, as long as we, I feel like you don't want to go into a game without a registered official. Like even if it's eighth grade or JV, but you don't have to be registered to do those games. So I wouldn't just throw like a crew together and say, hey, you you kids just go do it. I would have a veteran there that obviously knows the rules. It's supposed to, everybody's supposed to know the rules. But, I mean, have somebody there to refer to and, and knowledgeable that could call the game and, and help keep everything under control. But as far as the, the middle school and JV, I don't, I don't know if that's the same for basketball. No, so in order, I mean, so in, in order to work a varsity contest, you have to be a registered official. Registration means in that, that sport specific correct. to that sport. Correct. So, like I told you about, I wouldn't help these guys with JV yeah. middle school game. You don't have to be registered to work junior varsity or middle school. They encourage it because when you get registered, you get a rule book. You're required to take a test. You go to a rules meeting. They have other opportunities like area meetings you can go to. So, I mean. These officials aren't. We're not just pulling them off the streets, even though there might be times that you might say, "Does this guy just get pulled off the street or what?" <laughs> they're really not. I mean, they they have to go through a, a a bigger process than some states, comparably speaking. So, I mean, but I encourage people to get registered because I said it's fifty dollars, you know, roughly for the first sport, then twenty five after that. But you're getting rule books, you're getting knowledge, you're getting, um, you know, a mentor. Sometimes on with the scholarship program, you get a mentor. So if Austin were to get, you know, officiating and then they, through the scholarship program, maybe Eric's his mentor the next year for a sport or something. So, I mean, there are a lot of benefits to it of that. So, what What is that that scholarship program? Talk about that a little bit more if you can. So, it's something that Keisha came out with about, oh, it seems like five years, maybe it's 10 years ago now then, but it's kind of a way to encourage people to say, hey, if, if we have a person over here I think would be a good official, they're, they can register up to three sports. For no cost. They get a mentor for that, you know, whether it's three different sports. It might be me for basketball, Eric for football, and, um, you know, Mike Jones for softball or something. And then that person, they'll, they'll talk to him and say, okay, Cody, hey, we've got a, a basketball rules meeting coming up in May's on, you know, next Monday. So we need to go or we'll, we'll, I'll meet at your, your house, pick you up, do whatever, but we're going to go to the rules meeting and stuff. So it's just having that person to hold each other accountable and say, hey, don't forget we got a rules meeting or – Hey, we got a middle school basketball game together at Medicine Lodge next week, so I'll plan on picking you up. We'll be there by four o'clock for a four thirty tip or something. So, it's just having that person that that doesn't know the process of what what goes on for you know a, a registration year in the school year, just to help them kind of guide them through it for the first year. Because I think I was kind of lost in my first year of officiating because I didn't I didn't get uh, postseason eligible. I didn't go to area, area rule meetings. And those are where you really learn a lot of stuff. I feel like is the area meetings. Cause you have dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you learn from a crew out at Dodge city that had a call potentially that right. hey, that's going to help your crew down the road type thing. So it is, there are benefits to it. I feel like how much, how much of, is there any type of like continued education or continued learning that once you do get registered that you're required to, you know, renew each year or attend meetings each year or, or two years, or what's, what's the process of once you are registered to, to keep in your, you know, your card carrying ref. Yeah. You have to do it. So virtually it's every year. But the nice thing is too, there is so much, you know, literature, there's so much videos, there's so much stuff out there from huddle to ref quest 
to the um, the Federation site. You know, there's a thing called Arbiter. Yep. That's where the games come through as a process. But there's a central hub from the NFHS, and they'll talk about different things. Even Keisha sends out a newsletter every week about, hey, here's the points of emphasis we're yep. we're seeing. You know, whether it's targeting, whether it's you know illegal blocks, whatever the case is. So I do feel like there's a lot of literature there. It can be overwhelming at times, but there's as much content there as people want. So. In those those meetings that you, he was talking about, like we have two area meetings that we have to attend every year, and then we have a rules meeting every other year that we have to attend. And then that, that's a great time to to go over, like you said, the literature can be overwhelming. And if you got questions, and sometimes the verbiage is is so hard to understand because there's so many situations that can happen in sports. So that's a great place for guys that have been in the book and been in years and years of experience to say, you know, you can bounce this off of them and say, hey, we had this situation the other night. You know, we didn't know what happened or we didn't know what to call, but we, we can't try to, came to the, come to the best conclusion that we could. And you learn so much more talking about it too, besides being on the field or on the court while it's happening. But, and then you got, like I said too, you've got to re-register every year, and you got to take that test. And the, and the other thing I didn't mention either, in order to be in good standing, you have to get a ninety percent or higher on the open book exam of your respected sport. So okay, so you get registered, you pay your money, you go to your rules meeting, you pay, or you have to get a ninety percent or higher on the open book test, mm-hmm. and then those are the three requirements, minimum three requirements to be registered. And then if you want to work postseason which is your playoffs and that you have to attend either a clinic like in basketball or volleyball, they have clinics too. And then two area meetings, or if you go to a clinic and one area meeting covers it. So when you think about it, there are some hoops to jump through, but I really feel they're beneficial and educational. Yeah. Are, are there, is there checks and balance systems for officiating? And you mentioned arbiter. I'm not real familiar with that, but I don't know if it's what I think it is, but is there a way for you guys to grade yourselves? Or when you get done with a football game, do you guys go back and watch film almost to grade your own crew? Or um, or if an official or if a coach has a complaint, you know, who does he, does he say, hey, you know, this needs to be sent off to the state? <laughs> yeah. and, and then do you have a chance to rebuttal that? And, yes. you know, how does, how does that process work? Or is there a process out there for that? Just uh, go ahead. Go um, ahead. <laughs> um, I was going to say huddle has been the biggest advantage for football. You know, everybody seems to be watching film, and, and we make the request to because we meet the ADs and the head coaches before our games and just make the request, hey, our email is on our card. Please send us send us the whole game if you want or, you know, plays that you felt like. A little more clarification yes, on, or, hey, what yes, do you see here? We, yes, you know. and then if it, you know, if it gets way out of control, obviously they're going to email the state and say, hey, you know, this was missed, and then they'll contact us. But we always get a copy of, of the email and, and the film just to go over what we you know what they thought and what we thought but yeah huddle has been huge for us do officials have free access to huddle we don't um through the gwoa uh membership which is a greater western officials association Association out of wichita you can join that and it's a 25 dollars membership fee and that gives you an automatic access to huddle huddle access so i mean do you guys have the same thing for basketball no, I don't think. Well, yeah, basketball has the same thing as GWA. Too. No, I meant just for for like film and stuff because I didn't. You know, know you know, football is just a different because you can go and watch different clips, and you can with basketball too. Yeah. But, I mean, see, I feel like football is more of a one that they watch clips on, but basketball, there's a lot of those too on a block charge or something they want to see again. So, and and now anymore, everything's being streamed. We can easily yeah. go back and pick it up too if we can't find it on huddles. So that's like you. 
a lot of it's on YouTube. I think everybody's starting mm-hmm. to post all their games on YouTube now. Yeah. So Which could be good or bad, I guess, depending on why you're wanting to go back yeah. and look at it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's good. Like Eric talked about touching base on that is, you know, I also serve as a, a commissioner, so I'm in charge of hiring officials for the Heart of the Plains League. So let's say if there was a game that happened out at Skyline that um, they weren't happy about or something, I would say, hey, send me the film and we can look at it or break it down or do whatever. So there are checks and balances like you talked about of saying, well, hey, this guy was pretty good. I didn't care for this guy. I mean, if, if you do this long enough, you're going to build some of those grudges or people aren't going to like you or, or something. It's just, it's the nature of it. You know, we're, we are competitive people. We have that nature mindset of, of whatever. You might have a referee guy you remember from high school. You're like, that guy was just terrible. You know, we all have those people. I mean, I guess to the extent you could think that referees are considered the cops because we're the guys that are trying to, you know, <laughs> I do the rules. Really. You know, yeah. I hate to compare us to cops because I think they're some really respected people, but at the same time, it's that mindset that people get and say, wow, these guys are just cops. So. <laughs> yeah. But. Now, we haven't touched on it yet. Whenever you talk about officials and official shortage, one of the things you always hear people point to is the youth sports and the behavior that you so commonly see in the crowds and on YouTube and all over the internet. Um, and some of those are probably outliers and don't ha- happen as often as, you know, we think they do cause we see them so much. Um, but that, that is a big issue. How do you get a 16 year old kid or a 12 year old kid to go out and do a, you know, a 10 U game at green sports complex and just get belittled and berated and then expect him to be excited to pursue that career. How do you, how do you see that issue how do you address that? And is it as bad as it seems? I feel parents just need to just cool it, all right? There's no soccer scholarships being handed out at any, no football, none of these scholarships. Let the kids play, right. enjoy, learn the game, the fundamentals, and stay out of Just cheer for them, you know? You have this volunteer coach room, let them coach. Yeah. But, but don't sit there and belittle the referee because guess what? He's learned the game just like your kid is or she right. is. So. I mean, that's just so frustrating. And, and I really hope that, you know, we as people can call out somebody. If it's our friend over here who's being a jack wagon about it, say, hey, leave the guy alone. He's trying, you know. Yeah. I mean, that, that's just what's so frustrating about it to me. Because how am I supposed to then try to recruit these kids to be officials? Say, well, I had a bad experience as a 16-year-old at a soccer youth tournament. I mean, well, yeah, how do you get how do you get them back in it when they've been ruined, Absolutely. you know, the yeah. first time they went out Absolutely. and tried it? Right. I mean, that's that to me is just... You know, in volleyball, and I was talking with somebody about this earlier this week, telling them we were going to do a podcast, and we just got to talking about, you know, youth sports and, you know, a solution. And, um, you know, ever since my daughter started playing club volleyball, you know, they've got to get registered. they got to do all their – the kids do. The, and the kids, you know, referee the games. You know, so if – you know, if it's – and that's club volleyball. That's not school right. sports or, right. or whatnot. But, you know, if they're down here playing at the Blythe – and Pratt's sit in the game, you know, it's they play a nine o'clock game, they're ref in the 10 o'clock game, and then they sit the noon game, you know, but during that 10 o'clock game, the kids are the line judges, the kids are the bookkeepers, you know, and the coach for the team is whatever you call up there in the bird's nest or the, yeah, the main the coach. Yeah. yeah. But so those kids all are learning the rules and I've never heard a parent yell at one of the kids, if it, you know, cause it's their kids out right, there right, or it's, right. yeah, you know, it's somebody else's kids. Could something like that be implemented in, in other sports where, you know, you've got a down game at, you know, a soccer match and two of your kids are out there shadowing the officials. You know, I, yeah. I think people would be a lot less likely to to start yelling at official knowing that he's kind of 
got a couple little guys right. shadowing him. I don't I know if you could implement the, that or not. Make the parents do it. You're like, do I come into your work yeah. and come yell at you? you <laughs> right. Know? It's just that's yeah. one of the frustrating things to me. But when we had pee wee football, uh, if I had some young kids, you know, like I think Zach was sophomore, maybe a freshman when he started, and even he got his younger brother. You know, because it was it was younger youth football, and and we were getting kids started into officiating and. I think it goes back to you got to have at least one one older one veteran member on the crew that's been there and and then they have to kind of try to defend if something goes wrong with a parent because that parent needs to be removed or or just, that situation needs to be gone. And uh Yeah, no, that's I mean that's the thing is yeah, it's it, you've got to have that I agree that, like I was saying with volleyball, you've got the two kids doing the lines, but you've also got the coach of that team as the main as the main, you know, official yeah. for that game. So if there is a play and call, whether it's baseball or football, you know, you don't have two 12-year-olds out there trying to stand up to a, right. you know, a 35-year-old dad, right. you know, coaching his football team. I don't know if it's something you could implement in other sports or not. Um, but, yeah, I think what you said, just the main message of, man, be respectful to just the kids. And, and even if they're not kids out there, the people out there doing their job. Right. You they're know, up their time to do this. Yes, yeah. they're getting compensated for it. Is it enough? Probably not, but at the same time, they're giving up time to be away from their family to do something they enjoy just because your kids can play, you know? And I it's, I think you, you see some of that stuff, and, and some of these people get so, just so out of out of hand. I mean, I don't you, you can make them a YouTube sensation or whatever, but that's not going to probably quit it. Yeah, shaming kick, them on the you, internet. You can kick them out of a, a baseball tournament and not refund them, but, you know, they'll just be yeah, somewhere else the next doing, week. They're going to keep doing yeah, it. Yeah, so, I mean. And it's a bad example that they're setting, you know, just for everybody, even for their kid. Right. You know, their kid that's playing in there, now he's going to go in and, like, hey, I can I can argue that call next time, you know, because that's what their dad's doing for Yeah. Them. Yeah, and then what, what, what's that kid going to be like then? Yeah. Is that going to be the same kid? So what are we creating? Right. You know, yeah, know. it sounds like just accountability. It really you know, is. is the is the solution there. Um, so, kind of back to the shortage and things like that. Do you see where, where do you see it going in the next school year or two? You know, we've seen, like I said, we've seen some games canceled already this season. Do you see it affecting schedules for the rest of this twenty one twenty two season? I mean, is it? Yeah. Are we yes. at that point yes. where it's that crucial? We're, lo- we're losing more than we're gaining every. I mean, it doesn't show that we're gaining. A, we're we're trying to recruit as many as we can but we are definitely losing more at a faster rate than we're gaining and so one of these things too like you mentioned about playing an earlier time for soccer which is i didn't know that about eastern kansas because like you said you wouldn't think that's an issue there but i mean they've been doing this for a while in western kansas they'll play a three o'clock football game and then 14 yeah. miles down the road seven and that same crew that worked at three is working at seven so that, and that might have been what that article was referencing i don't know if be, it was specific it could to, be, you know to soccer. But, you, but you think about it too i mean there's nine classifications in football next year right and i'm looking at scheduling on there i've got eight games i've got to cover officials for in one week going i don't know where i'm going to get them all i hope there's some guys that'll help out but it, it's it's a constant uphill battle and i mean i don't think you could pay them all the money in the world. It's not going to get people out from doing it all the time. People are, you know, their jobs right now are, are essential workers almost virtually because jobs are precious. And, you know, yeah. it's, 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 it's scary to think about. It really is. I think you're going to see more varsity games played on Saturday. Or Thursdays. Or, or, or Thursday. Or, yeah. Or, you know. Changing them around. Right. Yeah. Well, and just even a Saturday schedule, is there much competition with, do a lot of high school officials also do college sports also? Are you competing with, with colleges when you're trying to staff I think there's staff more, there's more and more on it for sure. 
Um, you know, Zach Shanline's a prime example of he'll be somewhere with these guys on a Friday and he's hitting the roads early on Saturday. So, and then you look at it too, like college basketball starting in October. Right. So preseason wise, and then football is even going to November. So you have some guys that do dual sports that they're not going to, it's not going to work for them. So, because they're probably working that football as late as they can in the playoffs if they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then they're just picking up whenever. So yeah, it's, it's a challenge for sure. With so. you working college, on basketball, isn't it you could pretty much get a game every night of the week you with college and you, high yeah, school? Yeah, you could. And JV? Maybe a, a JV game on a Monday, high school varsity, or even a game on a Tuesday. Right. You know, KCAC and Jayhawk play on Wednesdays and Saturdays. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so you could it, work it, six out of seven nights. It's so. it's busy. So the work's out there. We just got to find people <laughs> yeah, to do it. That sounds like the case really. with about every aspect right. well, yeah, of industry that, across the country. Right. Definitely so, right. Well, guys, uh, I don't have a whole lot more. Um, for anybody wanting to get into it, you know, you talked about the scholarship program. Uh, you had some brochures with you that you brought uh, with us or with you today. Um, are there any job fairs or anything like that out there locally that, you know, that the rec department here does or anybody interested that – so you know, usually, probably a million people will see this podcast and be yeah, like, absolutely. It's you know, wow, up. where are we going to sign up at? Well, one of the things Eric mentioned, GWA, that's a great resource in our area. Another one that's trying to grow is the KSOA. That's Kansas Sports Officials Association. They're based out of Kansas City, but they're trying to make it a statewide program. Obviously, the Kansas State High School Activities Association is a great resource. Um, their brochures are usually going to be at every rec department college i usually carry them with me when i go officiate so if i find a line judge or somebody that's good hey you should consider you know registering to officiate because it's beneficial um you know reality U was a big thing that came to pratt high and i was able to work with that guy to say hey you need to spark the interest to show these kids how much money they can make i go i hate to dangle that carrot of money but sometimes that's going to catch your eye more than anything so that's been good um you know the go days with with pratt i think my dad's come down to do that before i think he's going to nickerson to present i mean all of us need to be advocates for it and most especially and most people know somebody who's an official or and and most officials are going to be able to point you in the right direction contact your ad because they're usually the high school ad yeah any coaches yeah you know the biggest thing they talked about targeting like we talked was young kids but even empty nester you think about an empty nester person their kids are off to college what am i going to do now consider officiating yeah you know a can't move very well. You could probably do volleyball. Think about it in softball. You don't have to move a lot, but you, you know the game. I mean, so there are those sports that are, you know, soccer is probably not going to be for you if you're not very mobile because there's a lot of running in that. So, <laughs> And you can probably set your own schedule a little bit, you can't can. you? I mean, you're, you can, you're an yeah. independent contractor, so yeah. you can pick and choose and say, well, I can't go this night. I've got my wife's anniversary. You should go do your wife's anniversary, <laughs> your kid's birthday. You should go do that. So... Yeah, there's, there's opportunities out there. Just contact us some way to, to reach out, and we'll be happy to give you information. All right, well, we'll, uh, we'll post a lot of those links on the, on the video here. So um, if you're watching and want to get to any of those websites, I'll get them from Scott, and, and we'll post them below. Um, I don't got anything else for you guys. I appreciate you both coming in and kind of highlighting an issue that maybe a lot of people didn't know was, was an issue. So always good to sit down and chat about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank All you. right, thanks, guys. Thank That'll you. do it. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of A Town Called Pratt. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with other Prattans you know. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now. Thank you, and we'll catch you on the next episode.